Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. We're so glad you're here today. So glad you decided to be at Celebration Church today. Maybe you're viewing from from one of our campuses, Julington Creek, Orange Park. Welcome today up in the family lounge online right here in the congregation. We're glad you're here today. Believe that God has something special for you. Can you believe it's almost 2016? You're speechless, aren't you? Speechless. I can't believe, almost 2016, almost another year, but we've got a few days left, and I believe in these few days, God's gonna do something awesome in our lives. You know, we get to do some really cool things here at Celebration. We get to, we get to do the Grinch, we get to reach our community, we have awesome outreaches this summer. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome year, and how many are thankful for our leaders, Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry? We love them, we're thankful for their leadership, their example, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to have to just share with you for a few moments today as we end the last Sunday, if we have our last Sunday of 2015 and prepare for a new year. And I believe what God has for us, like Pastor Drew was referring to one of Pastor Stovall's comments, 2016 can be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. Pursue a God first life and just and put your faith and trust in Him and His best, your best is ahead of you. I believe that, I believe that. So let's go ahead and jump in. If you have your Bibles with you or your phones, your iPads, anything like that, go ahead and turn to the book of John, John chapter 21. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 21. John 21, now while you turn there, while we get ready for it, what I'm gonna read today, I wanna take just a few minutes to give you kind of some context. So where we're gonna pick up in the story of, we're gonna look at the, the life or some of Peter's life today, the Apostle Peter. We're gonna look at some of his life and what we're gonna, what we're gonna pick up is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He had, been, he had been, he was risen from the dead for over a week now. Over 500 people saw him, documented. 500 people saw him as, as a you know, witness of his resurrection. And he had shown himself to the disciples already a couple times. And, that's where we're gonna pick up in the story, but just to give some context and what might be going through Peter's mind, we have to kind of rewind three years prior. When he was out fishing one day and Jesus walking by the seashore comes up to, and yells out, hey, come, guys, come and follow me. Peter, come follow me. And he was fishing at the time. And so he uses that analogy. He says, and I will make you fishers of men. So he left behind, the Apostle Peter left behind his nets, his career, to pursue and to follow this man named Jesus. He left it all behind, and in this three years, he got to see Jesus do some unimaginable things, demonstrate his glory and his power like no one has ever seen. He got to become a, a friend of Jesus. I mean, close, friend of God. I mean, he was, and it wasn't just like warm fuzzies. I mean, he had a relationship with him, walked with him, ate with him, walked, traveled from town to town with him, saw him do miracles, was trained by him. And so, as he had this walk, he, he not only was one of the privileged people who 
to be called as a disciple, one of the 12. He was one of what we might call one of the three, a, a part of the inner circle of Jesus, Peter, James, and John. And see, Peter got to see things. He got to see the, the transfiguration of, of the Lord. He got to see like this vision of, of Jesus. He got to be invited into homes and see Jesus perform miracles that the other nine and the, the multitudes didn't get to see. And so it kind of positioned him as he had a revelation of who Christ was when Jesus said, who do people say I am? He said, you're Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, your name is no longer Simon. Today, I'm, your name's Peter, which means rock. And on that statement right there, Peter, on that revelation you had that I am the son of the living God, I am the Christ, I'm gonna build my church on that comment, on that revelation. I'm gonna build it on you, I mean, on your words. And he became Peter that day. And so he had this, this bond, not only you know, spiritually like we all can have, but he had that physical bond with, with, with Jesus, his friendship, walked with him, lived life with him, was one of his, had to have been his best friend in the world to have experienced what he experienced. And so therefore, when they were doing what we were doing just a few minutes ago, having the last supper, having that last meal with Jesus before he went to the cross and the tomb and was resurrected. Before, before this occurrence, before this, you know, they shared a meal. And at that meal, see, Peter had already been proclaimed as Peter the Rock. He'd already seen Jesus do incredible miracles and maybe inside he felt like, you know what? We have this bond. And no matter what any of the other disciples do, he, he told Jesus this, he said, even if all of these guys turn their back on you, I will never turn my back on you. I will never deny you, Jesus. You are my friend and you can count on me. Well, fast forward a few hours into that story, Jesus is on trial, about to be put on the cross. But late at night, through several conversations, that Peter has with people, he, not wanting to be lumped into the same category, I'm sure, as Jesus, a man on just presumed guilty of blasphemy, hung on a cross and was gonna be facing a, a, an excruciating death, I, I, I would imagine Peter wanted none of that. So in three conversations, he looked at the person in the eye and said, I don't even know that man. You're trying to associate me with him? No, no, I'm not only not one of his disciples, I don't even know him. So in Jesus' last, last breath, breaths as before everything happened that would rock their worlds, Peter, he denied him, betrayed him, turned his back on him in his most needed hour, Jesus as a man. And so we're gonna pick up on the story here. A week after the resurrection, but imagine what Peter must have been feeling. He'd already shown himself two times to the disciples. But I can only imagine what, what Peter was feeling at the time. A week later when Jesus, on the same seashore where he first called him, the guys, seven of them, seven of the disciples, they'd gone back to fishing. What are, the, what, what, what are we gonna do? 
this guy we're following around who said, I'm gonna build this kingdom and you're gonna get to be a part of it. And then he dies and is resurrected and we're like, I can't figure this out. What do we do? Well, I guess we'll just go back to what we know and what's comfortable. We'll just go fish. So Jesus finds them on the seashore after they'd gone back to business as usual and not knowing what's going on and how to sort through everything they were dealing with, especially Peter. In John chapter 21, beginning in verse three, it says, Peter says, I'm going out to fish. And they said, well, well six, six other disciples, they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He had positioned himself the same place he had called Peter. He was right there again. But they didn't know who it was this time. He called out to them, friends. Jesus said, friends, haven't you any fish? Did you catch anything tonight? And no, they answered. He said, well, then throw, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. This is John speaking, the author of the, of the book who likes to be known as the one that Jesus loved the most. He said, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment 100 yards out at sea. He wrapped his outer garment around himself. And look at what he does. When he puts all of his clothes on, it says, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. I love that picture. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 exactly. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and, and let's have breakfast. Some of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, when they were done just having some fellowship with the, with the crew, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. I mean, just put yourself in Peter's shoes this third time. It says, the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us today. Use this text to, to change our lives, draw us closer to him and, and be more like him. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Lord, to put you first in our lives, Lord, it's another day. It's another day to glorify you and praise you. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to do that in song and in giving. And Lord, here we are, the chance to listen to your words 
spoken directly to us. Yeah, there's thousands listening, but God, you wanna speak to us. Let us be able to lean in today, God. Let us be able to lean in, put everything beside us, behind us, and be able to focus on you and lean into what you say today, what you want to do in our lives. No matter what we're facing and the weight we carry in, let us, God, let us, God, have the faith to put our trust and faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So listen, I don't know if any of you uh, you know, we just finished the season of Christmas. I don't know if you had any kids. My kids were, were loving it, having a big time. I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. But my, my, my 10-year-old, she's a, she's a girl, and, and she's, man, she's so tall. She's tall. She, she loves to dance, and I love her. And she is the active one in our home. She has all the ideas. She has all the words. She has all the plans. She had her passy until she was three years old. And when that passy came out, she didn't stop talking. That unplugged the words, unplugged the plans. And, and so she, she's the kind of girl like this. Let me just give you a few of her plans and ideas that she's had. So I remember one time I was, I was going to be preaching, and she had just watched with her mom. She would just watched TV and saw a, a pastor preaching about a, he, had, he had actually had a lion on stage. He had a lion in a cage on stage, speak, I can't remember, I don't know what he's speaking about, I didn't hear it, but so I got home and she was telling me all about this, what this preacher was doing, he had this lion on stage, and you know, I could see, already her wheels were turning, she was talking, she'd thought about it, she had plans, she had plans for me. She said, Daddy, we saw this TV, this, this preacher on TV today, and it was so cool, he had, I mean, little girl, little girl, he had this lion on stage, and he was in a cage, and he was preaching about a lion, and she just paused and was like, I know what you should do. Next week when you preach, you should have a unicorn on stage. <laughs> Plans and ideas. This other time, we were, we were upstairs, my wife and I upstairs sleeping. It was about, I don't know, eight o'clock-ish on a Saturday morning, you know, trying to get a little extra sleep. And, and so, again, she had these plans. So she had, she had gotten up early, had gone downstairs, and. So my son comes into the room. Caroline's just standing in the doorway. You know, when you barely open your eyes and you see a, a silhouette, it's clear. She's standing in the doorway like this. And he comes up and very quietly, calmly, quietly, I mean, he's like almost not wanting to wake us up, but kind of feeling like he needs to. It's like, Daddy, Daddy. And so at this point, both Sarah and I are waking up, Daddy, the toaster's on fire. And so he'd run downstairs. You can imagine flipping covers and throwing pillows and running downstairs. And sure enough, there was smoke billowing, bellowing, whatever the word is, out of the toaster. And the smoke alarm just starts to go off. And what we come to realize was is Caroline had gotten up early. She was going to make, she had this plan as a little three or four-year-old girl to climb up the drawers, up onto the counter, put the toast in there. She likes hers a little extra toasted, so she toasted it eight times. It came out, it, was on, it had caught on fire, smoking. It was charred black piece of toast. But she has plans. She has ideas. And you can imagine, anybody ever ridden an escalator with a kid? Yeah. Anybody ever seen Elf and riding an escalator? No, not, not that story. But So we were at the, at the mall. We'd just seen, just seen Santa Claus, sat in his lap, our annual picture. She was a little girl still at this point. 
And so we normally would hold her. You can imagine a little three or four year old girl with lots of ideas and thoughts and plans what she wants to do on an escalator. So we always held her, but at this point in time, we had bags from shopping and the stroller that she was riding in, but she, she can't ride in it. She had to, you know, we were like, she was begging, can I please, I wanna ride, this is, I mean, it's like Disney World. I wanna ride the ride, I wanna ride the ride by myself. And so she gets on, we're like, okay, my arms are full, Sarah's arms are full, bags, strollers. So Caroline, she's in front of us, all kinds of people behind us on the escalator, and she's riding this thing down. You can tell, I mean, we're telling her, when you get to the bottom, baby, there's gonna be this line where the escalator, the stairs are moving, and then there's gonna be this part where they're not moving. You have to jump over that line and get on it. And so she was excited, I mean, she was reaching for the rail and letting go, and she was on this ride and just loving it. And so we get down to the bottom, and she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Where that line was and the escalator stopped, she jumped up and she squatted down like a little kid would do. And what happened was, is we couldn't stop. <laughs> Bags, strollers, crowds of people. And we're just trying to like, just keep from knocking her over and people piling up. And finally, I just have to almost like kick her, like go, go, go. And we just cry, I mean, just screaming in. And see what happened was, is that, see the ride was over, but she didn't realize that she wasn't supposed to stop. And see in life, so often, relationships transition or end but we're not supposed to stop. Our jobs change and transition and they look different than they did in the beginning of the year, but just because our expectations aren't being met, we're not supposed to stop. See, seasons come and go, seasons change, but when seasons change, no matter how dark or unknown or uncomfortable they are, we're never supposed to stop. We're always supposed to keep going. So when we ride down the escalator of life and that represents going from one season to the next, so often we come to this place and we're like, okay, this is okay, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable, and then we land in this new season, and then it's like, holy smokes, what do I do from here? And see, what, what I want us to realize today through this text that we've read is that, see, so many things, so many things happen, important relationships end and transition. And maybe you're carrying, you, you started 2015 and there were some relationships that you had and they were good, they were, at least they were okay. And since then, maybe they've ended, they've changed, they're damaged. Maybe your job has changed, has transitioned, you have a different one or maybe you don't have one right now or maybe roles are switching and you're not being you're not being, you know, you're not being rewarded for the work you're giving or maybe with some friends that you've always had. There's some wedges that have gotten in there. Maybe just in your mind, you had these expectations. You had these thoughts about what you were thought were going to happen, what you wanted to happen, and you're disappointed. See, because disappointment simply is unmet expectations. You're disappointed right now and you've come to the end of, of one season and you, you perceive that one is coming real soon or you're already there and you feel like, I don't know what to do. You're paralyzed, you stop, you feel like quitting, you feel like giving up, you feel like never engaging and opening yourself to another relationship. You never feel like you're gonna have a meaningful job again. You never feel like you're gonna have the relationship with your children or your parents that you, that you used to have. And, and the holidays only bring some of that pain and, 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 and confusion and hurt up. 
And so here you are, and you're just standing there, and things are just piling up behind you and on you, and you realize that something's going on, but you just don't know what to do, and I wanna encourage you today that you don't have to stop. God is ahead of you, so therefore your best is ahead of you. God is not in your past. He is right here taking you ahead, so your best is ahead. I can't guarantee you that tomorrow is gonna be more comfortable than today or easier than today, but I can guarantee you God is gonna be in your tomorrow, so your tomorrow is gonna be better than your today is. The end of your season is not the end of your dreams. See, the end of those relationships is not the end of, of God's calling on your life and your purpose. The end of a time, of a season, the end of something is not the end of your hope. See, plans change. People change. Our expectations change. Seasons change. But God never changes. Jesus has been and always will be the hope of the world. So when seasons change, it doesn't mean that our hope is gone or diminished. No, our hope is still out in front of us because Jesus is there. He's never changed, he's never let us down, and he's always gonna be there for us. And that's who he is. He's an ever-present God. Even in times of trouble, King David said. And that man faced some trouble. But he faced some trouble on, for two reasons. The same reason that that the Apostle Peter right now is dealing with such problems is because two reasons. See, we usually find ourselves in a, a dark, lonely, isolated, maybe in a comfortable place just because we don't know what the future holds. Does anybody, does anybody like me, and you, you would love to know the future. You'd love, you, you don't wanna know all of it, but there's some things you, you just wanna know and you'd give anything to know it. I think we all have those times in our lives where like, I would give anything to know what the future holds in this situation. And see, that causes us discomfort. It causes fear. And so when you're transitioning from seasons, from places, from relationships, from jobs, from expectations and hopes, from careers, from callings, sometimes we get to this place, the end of the ride, and we, we feel like all we know to do is stop. And we usually do that for two reasons. King David, many illustrations in, in the books about him. And right here, the Apostle Peter, he was there for two reasons. One, we find ourselves in these places because of changed circumstances. Changed circumstances. See, Jesus said, I'm gonna, I'm, guys, disciples, I, I'm gonna build this kingdom. I'm gonna establish this kingdom. I want you to be a part of it. So you can only imagine what these guys were thinking. Maybe, maybe Jesus is gonna overthrow the Roman rule and bring peace to our people and we get to be right there by his side and, and usher in this incredible time and the period of the, of, of the world and we get to be right in the middle of it. They had these expectations. Maybe Peter thought, I'm always gonna get to be with Jesus. I've got another 30 years and we're gonna walk side by side, ministering, establishing a kingdom. He had these expectations, they had these thoughts, these hopes, these dreams. Their relationship was, had only been in a certain context of walking physically together. And then all of a sudden, things change. Imagine this disappointment when you're the guy that you felt like you knew 100%, this is the son of the living God, and he dies. And he comes back and you're like, 
man, I, I, I can't figure this thing out. And circumstances change. See, he faced changing circumstances, but then there, this is the other one. This, this is the kicker. This is the one that can get us all. When circumstances change, things feel out of control, they're spinning, but we can be like, okay, but God, you can do something with that because I didn't cause that mess. But what about when we do cause a mess? What about when it's not our circumstances, but it's our choices? I don't know about you, but the times, I, I believe God can fix any mess. God can heal anything. He can, he can step into a situation. God can do it all, but I have trouble believing that with my full heart when I have messed it up, when I made the wrong choices. See, if somebody else messes it up, I'm like, God, I know you can fix this. I know you can turn this around. God, I know you're able. And then when, when I mess it up, I, I imagine myself kind of like maybe the apostle Peter was when Jesus came back to visit the disciples and show himself, hey, I've risen. I'm alive. Look at me, guys. You can just kind of imagine because Peter just off in the corner like, yeah, I mean, that's great. He's showing us he's real, he's back, but there's no way. There's no way after what I did to him. I mean, yeah, he'll try to treat me normal, and he'll try to all this stuff, but things can never be the same or okay again. I denied him at his time of greatest need. I mean, I denied even knowing my best friend the guy who gave his life for me. I can just kind of see Peter off over here just like, it can't ever be right. You know, if the situation and circumstances change, but God, he can fix all that. The other 11 or, or the other 10 were probably like, man, it can all be okay, but, but Peter, because of his choices. Circumstances and choices. And some of you in the room today, as 2015 ends, and 2016's approaching. It's not just the flip of a calendar. It's not just the rolling out of a new year. I believe that some of you, you are right there. You've come here. You're at the end of the escalator ride. And you just don't know how to move forward in a way that you want to move forward. The options we have, we can, look in at, we can look in at Jesus and Peter. Just using the story today that we talked about. Get this. He's out on the boat 100 yards from shore. 100 yards from shore. And he puts his clothes on, jumps in the water, and it's like, you know, we're going to be there soon, but I can't wait a moment longer than I have to to be in Jesus' presence. He jumped in with all of his shame and guilt. It has still not been addressed. He was still felt guilty. He still had shame. He still was dealing with his choices, the changed circumstances, yet still he realized, you know what, there's only one way this is ever gonna be okay, and that is if I go after Jesus with all of my heart. See, I think points might mess us up a little bit today. The points kind of are like this. You're at the end of this, this ride. You're in an unknown place. You don't know what's ahead of you. There's discomfort, there's pain, there's unknown, there's disappointment. I don't know 
But I guarantee you a lot of you are there in something. And you know what Jesus says? There's one way to help move you past the platform of the bottom of the escalator ride of life, and that is jump out of the boat and come to me. Say, well, if I just wait a few days, Jesus, and start doing the right thing in January, he says, you know what? Yeah, you'll be there a couple days later, but I want to talk to you today. He says, if, if, if I just... If I just do this, if I just, man, I, I, can, I can work on this relationship, I can just wait. God, if you just let me tidy some things up and try to make myself right and try to, he says, no, 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 jump out of the boat and just come after me. See, then what happens next, though, is they have this dialogue, they have fellowship, they have relationship, they're eating together. This is what I love. He jumped out of the boat. How, how silly might he have felt he was soaking wet, the other guys were dry, and they're sitting there. All he had to do was wait, but he couldn't wait. So he sits there wet, and who knows how he's feeling all these emotions inside. He's like, man, I love, I love this guy. He died for me. He gave his life for me. He's my best friend I've ever had. No one's ever loved me like this. I put all my future in him, and he rose from the dead. I mean, this is amazing. I don't know what the future holds and all this, but I just still can't get rid of the way I feel right now. This guilt, this shame. And then, so Jesus says, almost like he pulled him aside and said, Peter, let me ask you, let me ask you something. Do you love me more than these? Some might say it's the, the fishing nets and the boat. And I, I believe he's saying, do you love me more than these disciples? You know what he's doing? He's reminding him. He asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me more than these guys? Because he had denied him three times. And he wanted to let him know, you know what? No matter how many times you fail, I'm still there to engage you. I don't stop at one. I don't stop at two. I don't stop at three. I still want to help you work this thing out. But see, here's the deal. He says, do you love me more than these? And he's like, yes, you know I do. Here's what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't say, let me take it easy on this guy. I know he's had a tough time. No, he's pressing him. Peter, you denied me once, do you love me? You denied me twice, do you love me? You denied me three times, do you love me? And Peter, you can imagine the wounds, only a, a week old, how they're just like, oh, this hurts and this, this is painful. But see, what Jesus understood is that if Peter tries to sweep this under the rug and if I don't, if I don't deal with it with him, he's not gonna be able to get over this. But see, Peter jumped out of the boat because he realized his presence, Jesus' presence was more than anything. And what else Jesus wants for us is when we engage in his presence, then he says, you are in the right place for there to be healing. You are in the right place for there to be restoration. You are in the right place for there to be freedom, for there to be wisdom, for there to be the grace to get up out of the mess you're in, to walk out of it and to be more like Jesus Christ. And so he pressed them, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know I love you. Three times to make him process through. See, there's safety in dealing with things with Jesus. Maybe you don't feel safe dealing with that relationship that you're sorting through right now. Maybe you don't feel like dealing with it with your boss. You can't, it's too awkward. Maybe your children, your parents, maybe your, your coworkers, friends, neighbors, even in your own mind, you feel like you don't even feel safe with yourself, but let me tell you something, if you take it to Jesus, you can feel safe. 
Because the purpose and the, the purpose and point of all of it is for your freedom, is for your healing, is for you to realize that you know what? You might have thought that because you messed up and things changed that now we're on plan B or plan C or plan D, but all along God knew what you were gonna do. So even though you've failed, even though you've messed up, even though things have changed, we're still on plan A. We're still on God's plan A for you because he knew you were gonna deal with that and he wants you to have healing. As Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, God says. They are good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. What he's saying is, I know the plans I have for you and you might think your decisions and choices and circumstances are going to change them. It doesn't change them. I made them knowing you were gonna do all that. So just lean into me. Allow me to walk you through what you've dealt with so you don't make the same mistake twice and if you do he'll ask you again do you love me and then you fail and mess up again he'll lean right in and say but do you still love me all he wants to know is do you love me is your heart with me are you giving me something to work with so today this elevator this escalator is just it's, it's coming down and some of us are right here and we feel this transition, we feel this shift, we know something's going on, and you make the jump, you're there. It's 2016, you've gotta move on. The holidays are over, what do we do? We don't quit. Just because the ride stops, don't quit. Jump out of the boat. You might get wet, you might not know how deep the water is, you might not know all that's going on. Get out of the boat and go after Jesus. And then when you're there and he starts engaging you in prayer and conversation, and just let him have it. Give it to him. He wants to sort through your pain. He wants to sort through your fear. He wants to heal you from everything you are carrying right now. Others will tell you, you gotta be strong. You just gotta, you just gotta pick yourself up and yeah, you, you do gotta move on. But Peter could not move on until he first dealt with it. And maybe you don't feel safe dealing with it with anybody else. That's why Jesus came back to the place where he called Peter in the first place and said, I can forgive you as many times as you fail. My call for you will not change. My plan for you has been known before you were born and you don't have to stop. My best is ahead of you, Peter. Lean into me and we will work this thing out. And ask the guys to come out and just play softly as they do. I wanna ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes. I'm done with this thing, plane's landed, but I wanna pray with you. As you sit there and, and, and just contemplate, the reason I want you to close your eyes is just for no distractions, just for you to not worry about the people beside you or anywhere, and just to think about what it is you're facing right now. Philippians 1.6, listen to this. It says, being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus. For so many of you in here, he has started something in you but maybe you've come to the end of a season and you are sorting through what must I do to pick up the pieces, to regroup 
and to do all that's in my heart to do. And today you, you've heard this and you're, you're gonna lean into Jesus and you're, you're gonna open up and you're gonna share your heart. You know he's gonna share his with you, but you just need prayer today for the faith, the strength, the grace to lean in today, right here and right now, no matter the unknown, and say, you know what, a new year comes and so does a new me because I'm leaning into God and I'm doing it today. If that's you, you say, I need prayer for grace and strength just to pursue a closer, just, just to lean into him more today. If you need prayer in that, let me see your hands. You say, oh my, man, thank you for your boldness and honesty. So many in the room today. Now here's, what, here's the next question. You can put your hands down. Here's the question. For some of you though, you're like, man, I, I hear all this today. Well, I, I, can only, I can only imagine putting myself in this guy, Peter's shoes. It's just like, wow. But there's something there a little real to you, a little relevant. And you say, you know what? If this guy who sinned and messed up and failed can have a second chance, I'm willing to take a step to Jesus today, maybe even for a first chance, to give him my life, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's been a long time since you've really, really given your heart to him. Today, you need a fresh start. You need a fresh start in life. You need a fresh start in your relationship, either with God for the first time, or maybe just a renewed, refreshed start. But you're saying today, I wanna to pray a prayer that make things right. It begins, a, has a fresh start in my life. I wanna go into 2016 prepared and ready. And today I wanna to follow Jesus. That's what I wanna do. Let me see your hands. Just raise them up. Just keep them up. I wanna see, I wanna, I wanna know what God's doing in here. Thank you for your bolt. You can put those down. You can put those down. And here's, what, here's what we're gonna do. If you don't mind, stand up. Because we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray and we're gonna, we're gonna leave this room today. We're gonna do it knowing that we are not alone, knowing that we're, there's prayer that God is on our side. And no matter the unknown and difficulty we face, we know that our best is ahead. So let's all pray this together. There's some people who are ready for a fresh start today, make things right in their life with, with the Lord. And today is that day. We're not gonna wait four more days till a new year today. It's a, new, it's a new day. So pray this with me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me, to forgive me of my sins because I need forgiveness. I need hope. And I realize that hope is in you. So today, I make a decision to follow Jesus. Today is a new day and I'm a new person. In Jesus' name. Man, why don't we put our hands together because there were a lot of people who said, yes, that's me. Fresh start, new beginning today. But now, there were even more of us that prayed, yes, I need prayer, I need, it. I need renewed faith, I need renewed grace in my life. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, every person that raised their hands and even everyone who did, but in their heart, Lord, you're doing something today. I ask in Jesus' name that you just fill them with a grace and love that overflows, it's unexplainable, that Lord, when they step into this new year, they will know that this is gonna be their greatest year because Lord, they're gonna have their greatest year spiritually because they're jumping out of the boat. 
Lord, they're pressing into you. And Lord, you are gonna do what only you can do. So Father, fill us with grace and strength and overwhelm us with your love. And Lord, let us finish this year strong. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together today. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.